Welcome to Real Life Christianity with Deacon John Lozano. This podcast is about real life and living it in the light of the gospel. Real things, everyday things, relationships at home and work, real issues that the world presents every day, the complexities, difficulties, joys and aspirations of being human. Deacon John is a real guy, a deacon, but also a husband, a dad, a businessman, as well as an experienced counselor, educator, and author. And Deacon John invites us to come as you are as he brings the transformative power of the gospel down from the clouds to real life, your life. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, He did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. There was a teenage boy who passed his driving test, and the next, now the next step in his plan was to get the family car privileges and to use his dad's car. When he asked his dad, his dad said he would make a deal with his son. Son, bring up your grades from a low B average to a kind of an A average, and study the Bible a little. And third, get a haircut. Then we will talk about the privileges. The young man thought for a moment and said he would settle for the offer, and they both agreed. Six weeks later, the father said, son, I see you have brought up your grades. They're up, and I also see that you are studying the Bible a little. But I am disappointed that you did not get your hair cut. Son said, Well, you know, Dad, I have been thinking about that. I have noticed in my study of the Bible that 
Samson had long hair. John the Baptist had long hair. Moses had long hair. And there's strong evidence that even Jesus had long hair. So the father smiled and nodded to the son and replied, Son, did you also notice that they walked everywhere they went? Privileges. <laughs> Today, we discover the greatest privilege in our human life. Friends, we're in the fourth week of our mission, of our, our, our Advent series called Grace and Truth. Advent means arrival. And the arrival is not of a festival or a day, but the arrival is a person. His name is Jesus. Angelinus Selenius, as I said two weeks ago, said if Christ were born only in Bethlehem and not in me, what good is it? What good is it? The arrival we are about is an arrival in us, in you. In me. As we said before, Matthew and Luke tell the Christmas story with all the familiar figures, Mary, Joseph, shepherds, wise men, the stable. But John's gospel starts in a more theological way. He says Jesus is the word. Jesus is the new communication from God that's utterly new and qualitatively different than ever before in human history. John says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Not half grace, not half for truth, all grace and all truth, like Jesus, all human and all divine. William and Gabriel. Today, you are baptized in this. You are baptized in God's grace. Do you know what God's grace is? It's his love given freely, just given. And it's given to you this day, just given. And it's never, never taken back. It's always yours as it's always ours. And I said to their parents before they came down, I said, you know, today your children receive the one thing in this human life that lasts forever. Forever. Grace is God's love freely given. All we can do is accept or reject. It's unmerited. We don't earn it. It's his help given. Truth is what's real. It's what's real. You can acknowledge it or deny it, but it's real. It's true. Truth dispels the illusions that we have, the deceptions 
in our minds, the wishful thinking. Truth asks this, what is real? What's really going on? Grace asks, does it heal? Does it help you? If we only have truth without grace, we focus on what's correct, make judgment, and we see what's right. But when it comes to forgiving or comforting the hurt person, accepting difference, ambiguity, and walking with someone in dark times, it's often not there. Truth without grace cannot help us enter into the power of this mercy, this divine mercy that's given to us. But if we only have grace without truth, we are kind of focused on being kind and forgiving, and, but we're often not very honest. We're not really focused always on what's real. We can live in denial. We can ignore difficult realities in our personal lives and in society. Grace without truth has no focus for the liberating power of Christ in the world. The fullness of grace and the fullness of truth has come. This week, we focus on another truth and another grace. The truth that you are important. You're important. That you're chosen while you're here. And you have a divine purpose. The grace is to see that. See it and say yes. You know, many of us uh, have a pretty low self-image when it comes to our spirituality or our faith or our discipleship. Hey, I go to church on Sunday, you know. But not much else. We see our discipleship is quite low. As Catholics, we kind of see, well, there's priests and there's religious nuns and brothers and they're the professional religious, and I'm just me, average. Oh, we have missionaries, so they do the mission work. Oh, and then we have saints. Well, <laughs> that's not me. I'm just not a very spiritual person. I got it, but not too much. Not like those people, those religious people. I don't pray like as good as them. I've got issues. I have doubts. And my life is complicated. Yeah, mine is too. <laughs> it's really nothing special going on here. Today's gospel, we meet Joseph. Joseph. He's a righteous man. Good guy. But he's not divine like Jesus. He's not conceived without original sin like Mary. No, he's really like one of us. He's a guy. You know, uh, I know righteous and good people here. 
He's in love. He's crazy about this woman. Mary He's engaged. She's found pregnant. He is devastated. Utterly. He could just, I don't have time to go into it, how utterly devastated he would be. So he decides to let Mary go quietly in the safest way possible, and then he has a dream. Angel speaks to him in his dream somehow and says simply this, this is God's doing. Go with it. That's all he gets. <laughs> he doesn't understand it. There's no way he understood this. But he goes with it. It's that simple. A truth is revealed to him and the grace is given to say yes. Now, Joseph is not part of the priestly class. He's not theologically trained. He's got low status in the religious community. His call didn't happen in church or temple in a religious setting. No, it was in bed while he was asleep. Kind of like what you and I do like every night. And Joseph's life got very, very complicated. In fact, we don't have a single word from Joseph in the whole Bible. It's all we know. That's it. Almost an anonymous person. A simple man. Who knows one thing. The truth. That he is important. That he has a divine purpose. And he got the grace, the grace to see that and to say, yes, you are important. You have a divine purpose. That, friends, is the truth. The grace is for you to see that in yourself and not dismiss it and to say, okay. I'll go with it. If you're like me, that takes a lot of grace. Where would we have been without Mary's yes? She could have said no. Where would we be without Joseph's yes? We wouldn't be here. Where would you be without other people who are a source of grace in your life? You said yes. Fill in the blank. Uh, who was the instrument of God in your life? The truth that you are called and the grace to say yes. Who were the ones in your life? Whose shoulders do you stand on? I remember I was teaching a, a class at college student. Um, I had them write journals about their life of faith, and there was this woman who said that in her upbringing, she had a grandfather who was significant. They would take long walks and she would just tell him about all his, her accomplishments, and she had a lot of accomplishments. 
But at one point she realized that wasn't that important to him. She realized that her grandfather just loved being with her. And she said when she got that, she got God for the first time in her life. Because of this subtle communication through another person. You ever have the experience someone call you out of the blue to invite you to something? Just when you needed it? Did you ever meet somebody who said something to you that you so needed to hear? Something you maybe have still never forgotten? How many people have been avenues of grace to instill in you a divine purpose? time in my life when I was in college, I was studying in Germany, and I was a very, very low point in my life. I was not in a good place. I was suffocating spiritually. My cousin, the prayerful guy, prayed for me, and he felt he should write me a letter, and he said, John, I'm thinking about you, and somehow I think right now something really important is going on, that God is calling you, and you need to respond now. And he said, don't think you're too young, too weak, or too confused. It was just how I was feeling. And when I heard that, I literally fell on my knees because I knew a truth was being spoken to me. I could see it as clear as day, and I experienced a grace. I don't know how to say yes. And I changed colleges. And I would not be here today without that source of grace in my life. Sometimes people will say to me, oh, I, when you said that, it really helped, or I, when you did that, I really felt God's love sometimes. There's nothing like that, friends. When someone encounters that in your life, through you, friends, there's nothing like that in this world. Because I know it's not my doing. <laughs> That's the divine in your life and mine. Yeah, it's there. And it's something that lasts forever. What a privilege. What a privilege. It's the greatest privilege in this life. The truth is, we are all called to be instruments of grace. And we're given the grace to see this and go with it. And no one's excluded. Like Joseph, you're not overlooked. You are not overlooked. Robert Barron, a bishop, says, there's a sacred joke we tell every time this year. The sacred joke is that the God of the cosmos became a baby, couldn't even hold up his head 
and we never tire of telling this sacred joke. And for me, the other part of the sacred joke is that he called me, and he's called you. I'm going to end with the prayer of St. John Neumann. He says, God has created me to do for him a definitive service, a definite service. That's why he created me. He has committed for me some work which he has not committed to another. Some work for me that he's not committed to another. I have my mission. I may never know it fully in this life, but I'll get it fully in the next. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for nothing. He has not created me for nothing. I shall do good. I shall do his work. I shall be an angel of peace, a preacher of truth in my own place, sometimes while not intending it, if I but keep his commandment to love him and my neighbor. Therefore, Newman says, I will trust him. Whatever, wherever I am, I can never be thrown away. If I am sick, my sickness may serve him. If I am perplexity, my perplexity may serve him. If I'm in sorrow, my sorrow may serve him. He does nothing in vain. He knows what he's about. He may take away my friends, may throw me among strangers. He may make me feel alone and desolate and my spirit sink and hide my future from me. Still, he knows what he is about. Trust it. See it. And just say yes and go with it. We thank you for listening and for sharing the good news with Deacon John, who asks you to come back often and support him by subscribing, by rating the site, and please share our site with others in your circle.